right? I don't care how amazing the cash flow was or the potential was, it all comes down to the operator at the end of the day. So make sure they're ethical, make sure they do things morally, make sure they have some experience. I am a huge fan of giving people opportunities, but not in real estate. In real estate, I work with experienced operators. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm Jeanette Robinson, Director of Investor Relations with Blue Lake Capital, coming to you from a very blue and sunny Boston, Massachusetts today. And our guest is Walter Amarello. He is joining us from Tampa. He is the CEO of Alchemist Nation. He is on a goal to build 100 millionaires inspired to build 100 more millionaires. And he also is an active real estate investor with Amarello Properties. He's the author of two books, Broke to a Quarter Million and, there you go, The Real Estate Alchemist. Get the deal. And on top of all of that, he's also the host of Alchemist Nation and 100 Millionaires podcast. So, Gualter, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeanette. And by the way, you pronounced my name perfectly, which is rare on these podcasts. So great job. <laughs> well, thank you. And honestly, my burning question is, this is a very unique name you have here. So I, I can only imagine the story. How did your parents arrive at Gualter? So the irony is I'm actually from Boston. So the city you're living in right now, before I moved to Tampa, I was from there, is a little city about an hour south called Fall River. And that's like a Portuguese community. So my name is actually the same name as my father's. He, he was a Gualter. I'm a Gualter. And it comes from the Portuguese culture. Here's the deal. They don't have a W or they didn't used to have a W in their language. And so instead of a W, it becomes a GU, which almost sounds like a W. So it's, you know, Gualter or Gualter with a G. Yeah, you know, it's got its own story. <laughs> it stands for warrior, but I guess it's like G warrior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, still, that's really cool. Especially I, I meant meaning. So I think that makes it extra fun. That's neat. That's neat. Well, before we kind of get started jumping in and talking specifically about asset process and strategy like we like to do, why don't you just kind of give everybody a little touch of your story and some insights into kind of, you know, how you have arrived to where you are now? Awesome. So my story is long. Let's go into that and broke to a quarter million. So the short version of it is I was retired by 30, a millionaire by 32, a multimillionaire by 34. And then at 36, I decided to start going into teaching, coaching, training. So my portfolio at the time was $10 million. We've now got up to $14 million. 
And I've spent more of my time, instead of being an operator, focused on investing passively in other people's deals. And I'll talk about it later, getting into the digital real estate space. And I don't mean Bitcoin. And I don't mean going out and like buying houses on the 3D world. I, I actually own platforms that cash flow. Awesome. Excellent. And actually, that's a great segue into exactly what we're going to jump into, which is the asset, right? So typically, we think of assets as, you know, multifamily, single family, you know, whatever it's going to be. But, you know, for this episode, I thought that the asset that we're really talking about is opportunity. And I think that sometimes people don't realize that, you know, opportunity is really, you know, very powerful and it can present itself in many ways, you know, when you find yourself operating a real estate business, right? So basically what I'm curious to know is, you know, as you were kind of evolving through your journey and your careers, at what point did you start to realize that essentially your core real estate business was actually flush with opportunities to create cash flow in other ways? So I would say it was about four years ago, 2018, the market was turning just a little bit. Like we were just about to get some, they're pulling back on the quantitative easing, they're raising interest rates. This is February of 18. And we were like, oh my God, like the real estate market might be turning right now. Like we got started getting excited. We're like, this is the time we've been waiting for. We're about to buy all the stuff. And that didn't happen. So in that moment, we thought about what would we do if we knew there's going to be a crash the next four years, which didn't happen, but that was like our mindset. We knew that we wanted a network. We wanted the biggest network possible because a network would allow you to have all the deals. If we could get into Arizona, Texas, Florida, all these different states we wanted to invest in, Arkansas, Kansas, Ohio, if we could get into those states and build our network, because that's how you buy real estate is you got to have boots on the ground. You got to have investors. So we said, we're going to build a network. And like that network is going to be like how we get into this market when four or five years, whatever the market turns around, we're going to be you know in that position. And so we started building a training company. <laughs> we thought that was the secret to building a network was get a whole bunch of people learning about real estate, investing in real estate, figuring out the process. And as we built that, we started running into problems. We started running into challenges that they were facing. They couldn't find off-market properties. They needed deals. They couldn't raise capital. So we started building Alchemist Nation was the first digital asset we acquired. And it's a basically a website. It feels like Facebook or LinkedIn, but also it's a training platform. So we could put our courses on there. And we've gone and gotten millionaires to put courses on there. This is kind of our play is 100 million inspired to build 100 millionaires. So they donate, millionaires and billionaires donate courses to the platform free. And then we don't charge anything for those courses. So it's been able to draw a pretty big audience. And from that audience, we started realizing they're doing a lot of deals. Like these guys and gals are taking these courses. They're going and they're being effective. They're doing deals. And so we said, what do they need? They need money. So we we started up with another partner of ours, a lending company. We just started taking our money and we started putting it out on the street and doing deals with it. And as they've been doing deals, they started having other challenges. Like there are other things that they're doing anyway. They're closing. So we partnered with a closing company. So we have Alchemist Financial for the lending, Alchemist Title for the closing deals, and Alchemist Nation obviously is our digital platform where we house everybody. But as we were going through more of this, we started realizing the wholesalers didn't have enough deals. Our operators were telling us, I can't find deals, I can't find deals, I can't find deals. Our realtors were telling us, I can't find deals. So we started looking into building our own CRM, Alchemist Connect, and that's where Alchemist Connect was formed. It's now a platform that takes all these other platforms for $97 a month. They can eliminate ClickFunnels. They can eliminate Active Campaign. They can eliminate JotForm. They can eliminate Calendly. All these different things that are no longer needed. So basically, you upload a list and 
deal, motivated sellers are texting you back. And that's like, it sounds crazy, like the path we followed to get here. But that was about, I'd say four years of the training company. And then this last nine months have just been the, the growth of six other companies, just out of partnering with other people who had those skills and us bringing obviously the capital and the audience. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of people always have the idea of, you know, wanting to get into training and starting their own training and finding a course that it doesn't, you know, lead nearly as far, you know, as they thought it was going to go. And so, you know, I'm curious, what would you say some of the pros and cons that you would caution some of our listeners with when it comes to thinking that that's an opportunity that they should build out secondary to their real estate business? I love this. So yes, too many people think that they could be a coach. Too many people want to be a coach. Too many people mentor. I was very clear when I started this, I would never coach. I was super, super clear that that was not the reason I was doing it. I was doing it just for the network. And so when we got into it, I brought in other coaches. I was an affiliate marketer. I turned out afterwards, I realized all I am is a traffic generator and I'm an affiliate marketer. And I'd send business to the coaches. They'd send me a little referral. So for the people who are looking to get into this, I would say, don't try to build a coaching program until you've sold the program, right? Don't build it or buy it or create it until you've already got somebody else who's purchased it. That being said, it might make sense to go and sell somebody else's coaching programs. That's what I did for years. I still do it. I will sell your coaching program versus my coaching program. Because if I sell my coaching program, there goes my Saturdays, right? Or there goes my Mondays or there goes my Thursdays, you know? And I really like my time. I really value my time. I think that everybody who's listening right now, if you're an operator, you're most valuable time is either finding deals, fixing deals, or raising capital. And that's where you should be spending all of your time. Teaching courses is insane. It is insane amounts of work. It is it's laborsome. The only course you should be teaching is the one that says how to passively invest in real estate. And that should be a webinar that you teach every single week to draw in passive investors into your business. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, good. It's, uh, you know, wise words spoken, you know, truthfully and clearly. So I think that I appreciate it. I know listeners will too. Now, what I'm curious about too is, you know, as you started to recognize, hey, there's a lot of different opportunities to create, you know, second, third, you know, income streams from obviously, again, the core business. How did you go about stress testing those ideas and determining which ones, you know, were really going to be worth the time and effort where, you know, the ROI really would fall, you know, because I think a lot of people, again, think about this, but, you know, you don't want to have shiny object syndrome either, right? 100%. I see a lot of people do this in the wrong direction. They'll say, I got to own all five of these business. I got, I'm going to own my property management company. I'm going to get my real estate license. I'm going to be the syndicator. I'm also being a contractor. I'm going to be the landscaper. And they start building all these little businesses out of real estate but they haven't generated the clientele yet. So our rule of thumb is two steps for me to decide to get into a business. One, I have to have an overflow of leads already. And then I have to have a partner who's going to do everything. If I'm involved in the business, I messed up. I only want to be the capital or the relationships. That's the, the piece that is scalable. The person doing the work is not scalable. And so I never want to be that partner. And fortunately, there's more people who are willing to do the work than there are people who are willing to operate, to be the, the head, the, the capital leader. Like there's very, very few people who actually have the skill to raise the capital, have those conversations and, and hold tight relationships with the traffic flow, like the marketing of a company. So if you don't have enough marketing to pull out and fully support your partner on day one, then you probably shouldn't start that business. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. All right. And so now let's get down to talking about, you know, 
raising capital because it's something, of course, that we all like talking about and we all enjoy doing. You know, what would you say, in your opinion, is some of the biggest mistakes that people start to make when they're trying to raise capital? Everybody messes this one up. They don't change their friends fast enough. They're trying to hold on to their friends and they're like something called Dunbar's number. I'll, I'll, simplest way to put this. You're stuck with your friends, right? Dunbar's number means you can only have 150 friends relationships in your life. Then this 80-20 rule, Pareto's principle means you can only have 30 who are closer to you. That's 80-20 of the 150. Now, 80-20 of that number, that 30 is six, which means your ego plus the five closest people to you. So if you don't change either your ego or those five closest people, you can't raise capital. It's impossible because your five closest friends aren't raising capital. But if you can change you know, these people into people who have money and are looking to invest, then suddenly you and your ego are the solution to the problem. If you can change, I run a program called 100 Millionaires, right? It's 100 Millionaires. The idea is that if you can go and reach out to 100 Millionaires, at least 10 are going to invest into your deal and they're not going to invest with 10 grand. They're going to invest with 100,000, they're going to invest with a quarter million. They're going to invest with big chunks that are good to start a fund with. So in order to do that, you've got to reach out to the 100 biggest landlords in your city. Easy information to grab, right? You just go online, look up every single property address. And instead of going to the property owner's name, you go to the property owner's address. Because here's the funny thing. All of us send all our mail to the same place, right? Like <laughs> I have like 10 different entities. They all, all the mail goes to the same location. And that's how you're able to identify the biggest landlords in your target market. Then from there, you reach out to them. Super easy to you know skip trace their name from their LLC. You'll find it eventually. And then you just reach out to them and say, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? What are you investing? What are you looking for? Many of them are either going to sell you their portfolio. They're going to invest in you with their own capital because they can do a refinance easily. And now and reinvest in your, one of your deals that's passive to them versus the active that they've been doing. Or three, they're going to become your mentor. No matter how you look at this, if you're willing to sacrifice the hundred that broke relationships you have right now and replace them with the hundred biggest landlords in your city, you're going to be able to raise infinite amounts of capital. And here's the deal. You may never raise capital from those men and women, but all you have to ask is who do you know who'd be interested in investing? And I guarantee you, they know somebody who's rich enough, interested enough, who has been asking to invest in their deals. And they've always said no, because here's how most of the operators are. They'll never let somebody else invest. And they're going to be open to saying, yeah, let me make this relationship. There's no way to fail. If you have 100 of the richest people in your database, in your city, you're, you're guaranteed. It's impossible to, not to make the capital raise. Very cool. Very cool. Now let's get into the technology bit about that because that's a lot of relationships to nurture. That's a lot of contacts to keep, you know, and that can be very challenging, which I'm sure is, you know, how and why you arrived at the idea of Alchemist Nation. So talk to us and share with us the process of, of how you go about trying to build out a tremendously powerful network and in a way that's actually sustainable. So the easiest way to say that is I have a recession-proof challenge. It's 30 days. It takes 30 days to do it. I give them one mission per day. I treat it like mission impossible. I'm like, hey, if, if this mission will not self-destruct, but your business might if you don't go and take action on it, right? And that's every day they get a new mission. And that involves reaching out to 10 people a day. Four people get added to the database of, they get a tag inside Alchemist Tech that says actual investor, right? If you reach out to 10 people, six of them are not going to have any capital or not going to have any interest because one third are going to hate you no matter what. One third aren't going to care about you no matter what. And only one third are going to love you no matter what. So I'll give you four contacts you can add over 30 days, put to 120 people. And you can take a couple of days off and you still get to 100 people. So in that process, you're building the database from the skip trace list. You're reaching out to them. We use the CRM. It's 
you can shoot out a text. I prefer text over email because people read their text. They don't read their emails. And you put them on an automated drip campaign for that email. So every tw- uh, of that text, every week, 25 of those people are sent a message. And you can put this right in the system. You can automate it and say, okay, send 25 this week, send 25 next week, send 25 this week. And the message is, hey, how are you? I love what you've built. Are you interested? And in- I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about how I can start investing in real estate the way you have. Are you free for lunch this week? That is an automatic text that goes out. It just goes out automatically. 25 people, five people may respond back. You got lunches booked, right? Like lunch is booked automatically by the system. Next week, it's going to do the same thing. Next week, it's going to do the same thing. Next week, it's going to do the same thing. And the following month, you put in a new text that says, hey, I, and only go out to people I haven't heard back from because the system allows you to do all this. Only people I haven't heard back from. And now it says, hey, I haven't heard back from you. I know you're very busy. You're super successful. Would you be free for a quick call this week? I'm really interested in what you've built. I just have a couple of questions on how you did it. And, and maybe I can get some inspiration on what I can do in this market. And that text is your second text that goes out to over 30 days. Now, obviously, it's up to you to build the relationships with the people who've contacted you. You've got to do that. But why should you have to deal with that anxiety of reaching out to somebody new every single time? Let the system deal with The system doesn't have anxiety. It doesn't have emotions. So build into a system the things that scare you. Then the things that are easy, somebody texts you, you're going to respond back. Let that be what you actually do. Very cool. All right. Nice. Now, actually, I'm going to pivot just a little bit because you piqued my curiosity in a different way. So you talked about, you know, inspiration. So I know for myself, and I'm sure, you know, some some other, you know, real estate investors and operators especially feel this way. How do you keep creative with your content? You know, you can only talk so much about real estate before you think you pretty much hit every subject and, you know, done it twice. So how do you keep kind of your content fresh in your marketing approach to continue to keep people engaged, but not become, you know, redundant or stagnant? So I love that question because it's a question people should be asking, right? Not enough people are asking this question because it's super effective. If you're on TikTok, you're on Facebook, you're in the real space, same 12 videos doesn't matter. But in your email space, in your Facebook arena, you do have to be unique. You do have to be putting something unique and fresh out. And some of the the easiest ways to do that is to follow somebody who's already creating killer content. That's one of the the secret strategies. I don't like they say the saying, a good artist copy, great artist steal. I will go out there and I'll see what is Ken McElroy talking about, right? What is Robert Kiyosaki talking about, right? The great trainers, the great influencers in our space. What are they saying? Even I'll go out to Maurizio and I'm like, dude, what is Maurizio Raldo like talking about? Like I know he's the syndicating attorney that everybody's listening to right now. I want to know what he's talking about because that's going to make me a little different from every other person out there in this space. So if you're looking to raise capital, then you want to be talking about the things that investors are concerned about, right? And that's what Robert Kiyosaki and that's what every one of these influencers is going down is they're, they're, the essence of their share is, you know, it's taxes, it's government changes, and it's strategies that have been time tested and proven. And just you know, put it into your content schedule to go and check what they're doing this week, right? See what they're doing. Each one of them puts out at least one video per week. And another great one is uh, Rod Cleef does a fantastic job with his content. Tim Bratz does a fantastic job with his content. Vinny Chopra is working on it. He's got a great uh, YouTube channel. He, Vinny is one of the guys I, I talk to every Thursday. And I think his content is like literally all over the place. So like, that's one of the things that he and I have been sp- speaking about is like getting just a little more dialed in, like what to talk about. Because he really is more passionate about the mindset. 
but investors are more passionate about the numbers. They're more passionate about the strategy, like how you do it. So as you're raising capital, you really have to talk about the how, the how, the how, the how, not so much the why, which is tempting as you get more successful. You're like, oh my God, it is all up here. It is all this. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, cool. So well, definitely some good insight. So there is no original thought, you know, as many people say, and it's also more about repackaging, repurposing, you know, and, and throwing in a splash of the contemporary, you know, to make sure you're on point and relevant. Definitely. Interesting. All right. Now, last but not least, you know, you've built these systems. And, you know, obviously, to me, the easy thing is if someone's built the system, just use the system because, you know, it's already built. But, you know, there are those DIYers out there that like to, you know, try their hand at kind of designing their own things in their own ways. So, you know, what would you say, you know, kind of is your best advice for someone that's really big on wanting to build out, you know, kind of their own automated platform for these types of things? So if you were looking to do this, you would have to do what we did before. So we're using Active Campaign for the emails and the text. We're using Twilio for the texting. We're using Mailgun for the emails. It all ran through and we automated it through Active Campaign. Then on the landing pages, we're using ClickFunnels. So if you get a ClickFunnels account, you can build your landing pages. Then you can integrate with Zapier. If you've uh, heard of Zapier, it connects ClickFunnels into Active Campaign. You'd still need a job form. So you'd have to grab a job form and connect that with Zapier to fill into your database. You would need a CRM that's better than Active Campaign. Active Campaign is kind of a pain in the butt CRM wise. And you'd also want a cold caller because you're gonna you want to just book calls over and over. So Mojo Dialer. Again, the Zapier integration into the CRM. Any CRM would work. Uh, one of the ones I liked that we've used over the years was Real Geeks. Real Estate Geeks was a really good. Oh, Follow Up Boss. If I were to do all this, I would integrate it with Follow Up Boss, right? But now you're spending eight hundred bucks a month. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, God bless you. Like if you can figure all that out, which we did, we spent tens of thousands of dollars to figure all that and get it integrated. That's why we shifted over to Alchemist Connect. Is because one, it saved us because we were able to own everything without Zapier, cut out all the integrations. And then we're able to give that to our community as a side benefit. We really built it for us first. And then (laughs) we were like, you know what, we could actually offer this. So Yep. Painfully familiar. We, in our earlier days, we also did something very similar and it was painful. The login, you know, just the list of different apps and all of the logins to them was just absurd, you know, and it's like you're jumping all over the place using all kinds of stuff. And just painful, man. Yeah, the early days. But, you know, nonetheless, we provided the information for those that want to put themselves through that. If you weren't aware, there's a better tool. Now you know. But anyway, now, last but not least, before we jump into what I call our lightning round questions, here's another really important thing to discuss, which is partnerships. So, you know, part of your strategy is really finding those right partners, bringing the capital and, you know, trusting that they're going to, you know, execute running the business as well. I mean, as it needs to be done. So what would you say are some of the best lessons that you've learned in identifying partners worth keeping and partners worth absolutely cutting? Absolutely. So one rule I have for partners, this actually comes from my buddy, Mike Shine, who's writing a book on the power of partnership and his chapter he's got in there. I, I, it's absolutely fantastic. He says, people have red flags. And if somebody has cheated on anything, like if you're playing a game of cards and they cheat, that's somebody immediately, it's a red flag. Because if they do it on something small, why shouldn't they do it on something big? Mm-hmm. And like, even if they talk badly about their spouse, right? They talk badly about their spouse or they talk badly about another partner or somebody else that they've worked with, 
that's already somebody I'm not interested in having a conversation with. It's already something I don't want their money. I don't want to do a deal with them. And then as far as choosing operators, evaluating a deal itself, it's more about the operator. It truly does come down. I'd say 70% of the deal is on the person I'm doing the deal with. Because 30%, like I said, I literally just said this on another call. 30% is the transaction, but that could be the, a screaming deal. We're talking a, a 25% internal rate of return, 35% internal rate of return. But if the operator doesn't put tenants into the building, we are losing money. And then it's a terrible deal. If the operator is getting sued, like the, the building's getting sued and the operator doesn't know how to put an attorney in place, doesn't know how to you know get the deal like solidified, protect the investors, and you know kill that LLC, shift everybody over. Like if the operator doesn't know how to do these things, that's suddenly a, a terrible deal, right? I don't care how amazing the cash flow was or the potential was, it all comes down to the operator at the end of the day. So make sure they're ethical, make sure they do things morally, make sure they have some experience. I am a huge fan of giving people opportunities, but not in real estate. In real estate, I work with experienced operators. I work with people who've done it before, who've done it before, who've done it before. If you're a new operator and you're listening, you're like, oh my God, like this means I can never be an operator. No, get a key principle. Like get in on somebody else's deal, be an LP. Like go in and operate under somebody else and see what they're doing from the inside and say, look, I've been a part of this deal, this deal, this deal. And this is how these deals ran. And I'm running this deal now as a GP and I brought in these two partners because they know what they're doing. But I trust people with experience because experience doesn't lie. I trust people who have knowledge and can answer my questions. I need to see the PPM. I need to see the documents, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to handshake a deal. <laughs> nope, definitely. I couldn't agree more. It actually reminds me of something that I say pretty often, which is you know, you're going to partner with a person, not potential. So don't make the mistake of partnering with potential. Bad call. Yep, especially in real estate. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Walter, we have arrived to the lightning round questions. I ask these to all of the guests at the end of each episode. So are you ready? Born ready. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to guess that you would say real estate investing. So you can't say that. What is your hobby? Oh God, my hobby is is definitely pretty nerdy. So I'm, I'm like already afraid of the judgment here, but I will spend hours and hours thinking about how we could actually do faster than light travel. So I yeah, I watch any documentary on Elon Musk, any documentary that Morgan Freeman is involved with uh, through the wormhole. If he's if he's talking like if he's either God and Bruce Almighty or he's talking in every documentary I've ever watched about space <laughs> or travel, and that is like my hobby. I literally I love the gym. Like I work out, I like hit the gym every single day just for looks, Jeanette, not to be healthy. I swear <laughs> to God, I do it. You're just, just being for honest, looks. huh? <laughs> <laughs> I go in there. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I want those shoulders to be a little rounder. I want that Thor body and I want to know how to do faster than light travel. I want warp speed. Like those are, those are two things that I spend a lot of time on. And I don't think they'll ever come out to any kind of money. I don't think they'll ever <laughs> result in any kind of business that's built. But they are just fun for me. I just want to know, like, is it possible? And what can we do, you know? Very cool. Very cool. All right. So this is going to make the next question harder. So what is something that most people don't know about you? Most people don't know I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled before it was cool. You know, like second grade, <laughs> I was pulled out of, out of school because I was, honestly, I think I was like either Asperger's or before everybody was considered autistic. I think that that was the challenge I was facing. And so my mom pulled me out and she homeschooled us, which I don't think actually helped anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But me and my brother, I think, survived despite, like, in spite of the fact that we were homeschooled. We're both we're both millionaires. We both built our own businesses. But yeah, it's. I think that would be. Nobody knows that one about me. Interesting, interesting. I homeschooled my kids for a season in life, also. So I actually long season, isn't that. it? <laughs> you know, if anything, it teaches you to be scrappy and resourceful. And you know, that might be something that you you picked up from it. You don't even realize, you know. Oh yeah. We always stood out. We always knew that we were different from everybody. So that mm-hmm. if, there was nobody was going to hand us the answer because mom didn't have the answer, right? I had to go find <laughs> it in the book or Google it or, you know, encyclopedias. This is before Google. I had to go to encyclopedias, Jeanette, in, in the dictionary and figure things out on my own. So it does make you a little scrappy. I like that. You, you're raising the right kids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Try an unfair advantage. <laughs> All right. And so on that note too, actually, what is, now you can't say your own, even though I, I'll let you give yourself a, a little plug, but so what is a book that you would definitely recommend someone has got to make sure that they have read? If you're raising capital, you've either got to go with how to win friends and influence people or endless referrals. And since Bob Berg is a personal friend of mine, I'm going to say his book is fantastic. And so get endless referrals. But Warren Buffett said, if I had to teach one skill, it'd be communication and how to win friends and influence people was the book he referred people to. So I, I got to go with the Oracle of Omaha, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good. It's a very good book. I myself would recommend it also. So I agree. All right. Now, what is your advice to our audience on building an extraordinary life? Wow. (laughs) Yep. No pressure. So if I were to give you advice on how to build an extraordinary life, I would say decide and then take the action and just be willing to burn every bridge that doesn't create the life that you're looking for. I was told that I couldn't move to Florida. It didn't make sense to do that. I made a couple million dollars, moved down to Florida. I was told not to start a brokerage. I was told not to start all these businesses, but these businesses have created the most extraordinary life for me that anybody can, I don't have to do anything. I wake up, I do whatever I want, whenever I want with whoever I want. I think that's the goal that most people have. And in fact, most people ask me how to get $10,000 a month passively. And that truly comes from deciding to build passive investments, passive income, passive business assets. And we've, like I was telling you before this call, I chase cash flow. I chase passive cash flow. I chase ROI. I'm not stuck on an asset class. It's what does this provide? What is the return on investment? And if you want to create that life, that dream life for yourself, and it doesn't involve you working, then one, you have to get fantastic communicating with other people. And you want to partner with people who are really good at creating business, passive business structures, passive business or investments. And those two skills are going to get you there. But you got to decide, right? So I guess three, you got to decide you're worthy of it. You got to believe in yourself, all the gratitude, like decide. And then wake up every day and work towards those two, you know, getting better at communication and connecting with people who have deals. Great advice. I like it. All right. Now, last but not least, if someone wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Alchemistnation.com. And you just message me on there. It's basically like Facebook. You could also message me on Facebook. But I will say... Facebook takes me a day or two to get back to now because I get a lot of messages there. But alchemistnation.com, I always prioritize it since I own the platform. I want to encourage people to use the platform. I have to show up and use it myself. So easiest way to get in touch with me. Excellent. Excellent. And I know that you have an upcoming event. 
So, you know, I'm a little biased. I will admit to everybody that the way I found Walter is I fell for some of his clickbait and I ended up joining basically a webinar that they have live every weekend on basically the principles of wealth. And I loved it when I saw everybody else in attendance. I was super happy to find my people, a bunch of dorks like me is what I joke. And I know that you have an event coming up pretty soon that unfortunately I can't make it to, but nonetheless, I think that people finding out about it is a good idea. So please tell them about the event. So the 100 Millionaire Summit is starting October 21st to the 23rd. The the whole mission is get 100 millionaires in the room. So I've already booked, I already got my 100 millionaires in the room. And then I said, I'm going to bring the coolest speakers. I got Vinny Chopra in there. I got Liz Faircloth who runs Invest Her, that platform, which is all female investors. I've got a bunch of other influencers like Sam Prim, who if you want to talk about somebody who's really good at creating content, he has over 2 million followers across his multiple social media platforms. He's known as Sam Faster Freedom. So I got a bunch of these great speakers on. I got the 100 millionaires sitting in the room. So if you're looking to raise capital, you know, I got my people in there because they're looking for operators. Very clearly, that's what they're looking for. And I've invited 50 other influencers, coaches, trainers, speakers, authors, mentors, because we're all on a mission to build 100 millionaires. Each one of them in the room is designed to do that. But then I've got my community of real estate investors in the room. And this is what you're going to get. We're going to build a million dollar business plan over three days. That's not million dollars of assets. That's a million dollars of equity, million dollars in net worth or a million dollars in income. That's a three-day business plan. And on the end of the day, on Sunday, I allow you, I give you access to sign the millionaire contract. And that millionaire contract is a commitment to yourself to become a millionaire, no matter what it takes, as long as it's moral, ethical, and legal. And if times get tough, you go back to your contract and you read it and it says, what happens when time gets tough? You remind yourself that you made a commitment to yourself, that you deserve it and that you're worthy of it, and that your family and your community and your children are going to be thankful that you did the things that it took to follow this path and become a millionaire. And anytime you get tough, you know, mount that contract on your wall. Remember, this, the contract's not with me. Contract's with you. And that's what we do at the 100 Millionaire Summit. So you can go to 100mmsummit.com or go to Alchemist Nation and check out the 100 Millionaire Summit. And Jeanette, if you get your affiliate link, I will pay you for every single person who comes because... <laughs> We're here to build millionaires. And that's if I right. spend a little bit of money to get there, I'm okay with it. Uh, that's right. I actually do not have an affiliate link. So this was what? totally selfless, <laughs> totally selfless on my part. You yeah. got to get an affiliate link. <laughs> I know. I know. Next time. See, I'm, I'm missing opportunity here. <laughs> see, this is exactly what you asked earlier. Symbiotic flows, the things you're already doing in your business. That's how you get extra cash flow. So. Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, great advice. Thank you so much. And it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful event. Uh, the power of the pin. I definitely believe in that. So I think it's really cool that, you know, you actually close it out with people signing a contract to themselves. Very, very cool. So I'm jealous and I will make it a priority to be there next year. But anyway, until then, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope you found this very valuable, inspiring, and I hope that your appetite and determination is just a little more than it was when you started. So if you guys need any contact information, make sure you check the show notes and don't forget to like, rate, and review and follow us so that way we know what you want more of. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.